Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Surviving Sister Wives contains adult content that may not be suitable for Latter-day Saints or sinners. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, y'all. This is Carly. This week, we were joined by David and Allison of Pop Psych on YouTube and the Shrink Wrapped podcast to talk about Sister Wives and the Brown family. We picked each other's brains for almost two hours talking about the Brown family, their dynamics, and even everyone's favorite reality TV show therapist none other than nancy you can listen to the first half of the episode here but be sure to check out part two on the shrink wrapped podcast we'll be back next week resuming our rewatch of sister wives with season 13 episode one enjoy this is Corey and carly from surviving sister wives thanks for joining thanks for listening we're doing a fantastic crossover here with Shrink Wrap, Dr. David and his wife, Allison, from Pop Psych, and we're going to be talking Sister Wives today. I know we came hot off the heels of our look back and talk back episodes that we've been recapping, so I guess we can kind of take this as a uh, a look back, how you doing? How is everybody doing? Uh, state of the, <laughs> the listenership, the viewership, we have to do a mental health check for everyone after these episodes. <laughs> But welcome. Thank you for joining us and being a part of this monumental moment for us. In Sister Wives history? I guess so. Yeah. We're excited. Yeah, Thanks thank for- you for having us. Yeah. This is so fun. Good, Sister Wives super fans come Man. together. Yes. I love it. And we are armchair psychology fans as well. So I think we're going to have an interesting conversation. Um. Oh, we're both rooted in, we have plenty of trauma over here. So, like, <laughs> I feel like that gives us a nice base for conversation. Yeah, it's a good starting point. Yeah. yeah, it's good. And because that's where people are like, whoa, wow, you guys are so funny. You're so funny. And it's like, yeah, it's a coping mechanism. Like, that's what, that's what nobody, uh, nobody wants to say that, but that's what it is. So maybe we'll talk. We got some big topics. We had a couple things that we wanted to cover, questions concepts things just to kind of to see how things are going to see where we're at again we're just checking in mental health awareness and uh making sure that everybody's okay but we wanted to start with kind of a level set here uh how did you guys get started with sister wives how did you get roped into this i suppose do you want to do you want to tackle that one i mean i've been a fan from the beginning so they had you so from the start. I, I've been, I've been, I am an OG watcher of Sister Wives, and I, I just thought they were fascinating from the beginning because they all seemed so normal. And I was like, well, maybe I could be a sister wife. I would definitely be the fun one. Mm. 
You know what I mean? And Cody seemed fun. Everyone seemed like they were having so much fun. (laughs) At Um, first. That that took a turn. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But so, yeah, we, that's, that's, I've always been, David's been kind of similar to you, like on the side. Mm -hmm. And then now he's, now he's all in, right? Front and center. (laughs) <laughs> so I, uh, so I started the pop psych channel and I did that for like two years. And Alice was like, you should really review sister wives. And I thought nobody watches that show and no one would care <laughs> if I did a reaction to sister wives. And then like, finally she convinced me to do a reaction when Christine asked for the divorce. Yes. And it turns out there's a lot of people that do watch sister wives and that do care. So then that, so then it became a, I, my biggest, my biggest concern is that it's become too much of my channel is sister wives centric. Yeah. So it's, I'm a begrudging fan. It has turned into its own beast, hasn't it? Oh yeah. It really has. <laughs> Let yes. me tell you, yeah. it's a stark difference from when we started, uh, in January of 2020, that was start of season 14. And that was when at the premiere episode, everybody on Twitter was like, why is this show still on? Like, cancel this show. This is terrible. Where's Pillow Talk for 90 Day Fiance? Like, everybody was just so upset that Pillow Talk was delayed an hour. It was every single week. Why is this show on? Hundreds, hundreds of tweets. But then it got good. And so, yeah, that was where it was like, oh, guys, yeah, we just needed to hang in there a little bit longer. And we made it. We finally got to the content. That we've all been waiting for. Yeah, I'm impressed. So you started you started the podcast focused on Sister Wives before all the drama. Well, it was season 14 specifically was when Just we started Just the move out. to Flagstaff. The move to Flagstaff was enough to get us going for content. And most of that was just mm. fueled by, you know margaritas and eventually <laughs> COVID lockdown took effect and we were kind of losing it. And it was just jokes that were thrown around the house on a regular basis to kind of keep our sanity going as well. So we owe Mary a lot of apologies for yeah. the, the many fictionalized stories that we well, made up during season fourteen, just out of oh. pure boredom of watching them move. It's true. Yeah, we, oh. this was this was the stage of Sister Wives where it was kind of create your own storyline because there wasn't really anything to watch, so we just sure. kind of had to make stuff up and come up with different theories and things like that. Some of them have stuck. Some of them have panned out and have okay, actually rang ones? pretty true. I which think one? even. <laughs> There were a few just related to the purchasing of the land, the move, um, any of, well, because Mary had a bunch of drama about moving from Vegas, and then it was a couple different spots that she was in when they first moved to Flagstaff, which we were like, this isn't going to last. <laughs> we thought We thought Mary was probably going to be the the flight risk more so than anything but then it was like no it's the it's the fidelis it's the loyalty she's gonna be there till the bitter end right so yeah we're actually surprised with that her she side left. show though what'd you say we're actually surprised that she left we thought that oh, she really? was hanging on to the bitter end that she would be the last face that cody brown saw before he departed this earth just right. out of like pure <laughs> just hanging on out of spite like, pure spite <laughs> That was it. <laughs> oh gosh. I mean Yeah, I mean with the whole catfishing thing, like I feel like you know, if someone loved her up enough, she would go. Oh yeah. And I think the so, secret was she needed to love <laughs> she needed to love herself enough first. That was the trick. Yeah. Oh, that got deep, Corey. <laughs> yeah, I know. See, we're not ready <laughs> yeah. for this. So yeah. you guys have been watching for a while now. Um so was there anyone who initially you felt sympathetic towards or you felt like was really like the villain of the show and now maybe your opinion has changed a bit no i i i feel like from the get-go like i was irritated by robin's um (laughs) affect but i would i i'd like you to answer that question i'm curious what you guys think um well i think robin has always been kind of on our shit list since day one um we've always felt she was very manipulative which is interesting because i think a lot of the audience did not feel that about her in the early seasons and it's really been an evolution of watching more of her on camera and as the family has started to fall apart or (laughs) has fallen apart at this Mm, point 
um, the way she's reacted to things, that now their opinions of her have changed. Um, I think at first we felt like Cody was more of a Michael Scott type character. Like he was kind of like fun in that like he wanted to be the center of attention. And now it has really devolved into the mask slipping. And we really feel that he is a full-blown narcissist. Again, yeah, I would say because you- – I was going to say, oh, sorry, with no, you, with absolutely no education behind yeah, that. Yeah, armchair, armchair assessment. Armchair assessment. <laughs> I think, I think uh, you, yeah, you, good. you said, you said no, but I think I misread Robin and Cody. Mm. And I, but I mean, I didn't watch, just from watching, I started at season, what would have been the very end of 17 and then 18, mm-hmm. right? I've just watched the season where Christine said, I'm out. Yep. And at that point, I thought in all of the, family interact when they you know they all get together for their sort of meeting of the minds you know on the porch or you know whatever that mexican restaurant yeah i always felt like robin was the most uh sort of emotionally aware to start and i was simple i don't know like why does everybody hate robin so much uh and then my audience i don't know if you know this or not but the sister wife's audience is really intense a very aggressive group mm. <laughs> if you if you heaven forbid you <laughs> don't have the right interpretation you i mean not only do you not read the show correctly but you're a bad husband you're a bad psychologist you're a bad father i mean it is a so i heard a lot of feedback that i perhaps had misread robin uh, okay and i also thought is michael scott's a good example or a good sort of you know, icon for how I viewed Cody originally. I thought he was just an absolute, you know, cr- cringy goofball. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's sort of evolved into, you know, I think he's just evolved into a monster. And I don't, you know, I can't, you know, I, I've said this a hundred times on our channel. I can't make any diagnosis if I, diagnoses if I haven't met the person. But from a, like, if you were to look at the DSM and look at the diagnostic criteria for narcissism and then look at his behavior on the show, uh, there's a heavy overlap, you know? So at least what TLC shows you, I think fits the diagnostic criteria pretty well. I do think it's funny that people kind of came for you with that read of Robin at first, because I do think that a lot of the audience has been there and maybe they don't quite recall that point in time when a lot of people were viewing Robin differently, but that has really been an evolution over the past few seasons where there has become a, a consensus on her being manipulative. Well, I think they started mm-hmm. editing into that more too. So it's from the storytelling, from the, the actual broadcast component here. I think that they kind of leaned into that a little bit more in the past few seasons where they aren't being as forgiving with the edits towards mm-hmm. Robin and Cody. So she is getting kind of more of a villainous edit where She's either coming off as completely clueless, which that was kind of her defense for the longest time was that, oh, I'm I'm not savvy enough to be in everybody's business and know what's going on. Um, But then she was always kind of like low level involved in everything, though, or trying to get in the middle of people interacting. So it was just always kind of an interesting dichotomy as far as what she was saying versus what was actually happening. And so those are the mm-hmm. things that were like the red flags for me that went off very early, the alarm bells for that. Um, yeah. So it was just noticing some of those trends throughout the years to then kind of point it in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. I was thrown by the, you know, she never seems to get it. Like if you just want to be like, Hey Robin, what what's happening around you right now in the last couple seasons, it's like, she has no idea what the dynamic is feels like that. And so you, so it's, it sort of has evolved for me from thinking, Oh, she's the most emotionally aware because she would like attend to emotions at some level to then it's, she's missing everything. And I'm wondering, you know, is she on the spectrum to, Oh, maybe she's maneuvering and manipulating everybody and she catches all of it. And she's just, you know, uh, you know, uh, Telling, what's what's, it, what's a Corella Deville? Yeah, what's you know, the motive? Kind of, yeah, behind yeah. that, it's yeah. that's the concern is because then we don't know, we don't know necessarily. Yeah, and something else that's been 
brought to our attention by some of our listeners is that like in the community, in religious communities, especially fundamentalist communities, that there is um, for women more acceptance in terms of the way they react to certain situations through confusion. Like that's one way that is yeah. acceptable. And so I think that's another thing that we're kind of always trying to weigh. And that's something that we don't necessarily have, you know, great insight into since we're not from that background. But um, those are definitely elements that all come together. And I think that's part of why this show is fascinating. There's like the religious aspect of it and the background that they mm-hmm. have, the fact that they're, they're emotionally stunted, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the fact yeah. that there's a narcissist. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole thing is um, a lot deeper than it looked initially. I do feel like also it's like a gen- generational thing in like really patriarchal patriarchal cultures for the women to act like they need help or like don't understand. And um, I mean, I feel like that's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up. That kind of plays in. That's what's so wild to me too, is where it's like, it's the, it's the, it's the structured roles that are very similar as far as what's seen in religious cultures and there's a man is supposed to behave this way. A woman's supposed to behave that way. And they have these structured rigid outlines of this is what it's supposed to look like. And that kind of plays into, there's a whole bunch of stuff with our theory that is that they are a a group of just emotionally immature adults who are in this scenario that are trying to navigate all of this and they do not have any of the skills required to navigate all of this. It's not a bad theory. I, I'm, I'm trying to think of, so why do you, I guess that, I guess my question would be, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just, I'm just wondering, do you think the emotional, do you think that the faith leads to the lack of emotional awareness or the la- lack of sort of maturity or do you think that it attracts people who have a deficit in that area? Oh, that's a good that's a good question. It's kind of a chicken or the egg sort of question too because then a lot of a lot of these folks are raised in religion cuz Cody grew up in it wasn't his fundamental version of, you know, with polygamy and stuff, but it was still Mormonism. Latter-day Saints Mormonism. Um I feel like that is a big proponent of religion where it's, you know, acting, encouraging people to have a childlike view of the world. Um, that is something that's actively encouraged in a lot of religions of faith, Uh, like a childlike faith and yeah, childlike faith and obedience. And, um, Mm -hmm. that is kind of built into that system as well. But I feel like that ties in with the structured rigidity of this is how people are supposed to behave. This is how people are supposed to act kind of fuels that. And the suppression of feelings and expressing your feelings, which I think the women are a great example of, of not being able to express things like jealousy and the whole point of polygamy being able to push you beyond those feelings. But really what they're asking you to do is just keep sweet and Suppress. suppress things. And that, in yeah. A way, what does Cody call it? It's like a, it's like a divine suffering. What does he call it? Some, yes. He has some silly term for that. Yeah, that, that no one else had heard of aside from himself <laughs> until he yeah. came up with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think yeah. that all of that can play a factor in developing emotionally immature people as they come to adulthood. And I think like Christine is an amazing example of that. If you look back at early seasons of Christine and even her tone of voice and the level at which she speaks at like so much has changed about her personality over the past few years. And I think a lot of it was influenced by her background and being raised in religion or at least their religion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't necessarily believe raised in religion, but I, I do feel like having they like in, in all this fundamentalist Mormon and, you know, I'm not an expert, but there's always like a head of the church and you must be obedient to them. You know, and, and I, it sounds like you watched the show keep sweet or whatever. 
where they all had to wear the same dresses and have the same We've watched it all. hairstyle <laughs> for the for Our the listeners guy. love it all. No. <laughs> <laughs> Anything having no to do with fundamental Mormonism. <laughs> well, and Keep Sweet is, and, you know, is just like that theory. It's just like that. Uh, um, it's kind of like. Philosophy. Uh, yeah, the philosophy mm-hmm. of that polygamy lifestyle is just don't rock the boat. Don't bring stuff up. Mm-hmm. If you're feeling negative things, that's bad stuff. So just like, don't do that. Just do the good stuff and focus mm-hmm. on the good stuff. So it's a lot of suppressing. It's a lot of ignoring basic human emotion. Which I think is yeah. why a lot of them would say the early years were good, or at least they, they used to tell us that. And now we're finding out all these other things that were going on like deeper um, but I think a lot of that was because they were keeping within those philosophies and the framework of their religion, which now they have really moved outside of, uh, and that that has really impacted their ability to both grow, but then also the family falling apart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I think it's interesting that like none of the kids want to like they all have fond memories of being brought up in like this big house, but none of them want to replicate that, which is interesting because like when you think of your childhood, if if it's good, not traumatic, but if it's good, like you're like, I want to, you know, do the same things for my kids and, you know. Yeah, I think I don't believe them. I don't buy it. I don't, I don't think the kids had a, had a, no, a positive experience. And I, I mean, I think, that, I think that they, you know, when they're asked, how was your childhood? I think they're reflecting on, you know, are you happy with your brothers, brothers and sisters? The answer is like, yeah, cause they're being nice. But did you feel loved and supported and known by your parents? Pro- I just can't believe the, there's just too many of them. Some it's, of the it's moms. Like, it feels impossible to me. Yeah, Were all your like, needs yeah. met by We're these all, emotionally immature people? That, Probably not. That <laughs> is hard. Well, yeah, and I think that's yeah. it's an unfair question to even ask them because it's they don't even know, like, what is that fulfillment? And did I get it? Yeah, I true. guess because I'm here, I'm okay. I'm, you know, navigating adulthood on my own now. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, it's good. And it's like, well, I don't know. Is it? Yeah. Is it, guys? Yeah. But, but, but your there dad, are some. Your dad didn't come with you to surgery. Was that cool? Like, it, you know, it's, it could have been better, probably. You know, and yeah, there's room for growth. Yeah. You yeah, can improve on a few things, mm-hmm. probably. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. so, I mean, by that definition, then, like, is it functional? Like, maybe it was functional. And I think that's what they're answering yes to is it's like, did that work? Yeah. Yeah. I survived. I, I'm like, I'm here. But is mm-hmm. that, yeah, is that fulfillment though? I feel like that's different. And then I don't know. I just, it just came out and you guys probably knew this, but I didn't know this. Like Caleb, Maddie's husband was his sibling or something. He's was, Cody's brother-in-law. He's Cody's brother-in-law. Like, oh, yeah. it's just so Oh, the family small. trees. Yeah, the family trees in so, general. I, and are, he's like 10 or 12 years older than her. Not that that's terrible, but also, like, did she have an opportunity to see other people, like, out, no. outside of it? We, we were a bit 
relentless with some of the jokes related to both well, of those topics. You know, well, <laughs> well, I mean, I miss that. implications <laughs> that were made that may or may not. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yes. Allegedly. He, he's not very popular in the sister wives community in terms of uh, if we Caleb, were going to. Yeah, yeah. If we were going to line oh, wait, up husbands. I like, what's wrong? Hold on. What's wrong with Caleb? I like Caleb. Apron. Well, well, I don't know that it's like at a personal level. It's more of the 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 age gap between him and and Maddie and the whole genesis of their relationship. It's it was kind of yeah, like disturbs a, people a bit. Grooming esque sort Let's of. Let's not put an accusation out there. Not an accusation. It felt weird. So... It was, he said esque. So <laughs> there was an essence of. <laughs> A whiff of something else that could have been. It could have looked a certain way. (laughs) So he was involved in her or with her, not in her, with her. I don't know. Uh, I can't, I can't, before she was 18. Yes. Yes. Before she was 18. Um, I think that they were talking to each other pretty significantly when she was either 16 16, or 17. At least 16. And he's, I think, 10 years, about 10 years older. Oh, he's 27. That is. It's gross. A, it was kind of it, we put it into that context because now it's like okay, but it's like you put yeah. it in the context of where it was. It's kind of like oh, and the speed of the relationship, you know that yeah, mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. which tends to be a pattern on the show. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, we haven't really had a good yeah. track record with that. They want to make no. out. <laughs> that's right. God wants I us to make out. Well, Robin gave them the purity speech, so they're just following the rules. That's right. <laughs> The one that bothers me the most is Tony. Oh, he bothers Tony. everyone. Yeah. Oh. Because I feel like Tony, I have known, I'm not making accusations also, but he looks like he's always has just ripped the bong and he's on camera <laughs> to me. David. Really? Doesn't he? No. Yes. He's all, doesn't he he's always got that look? Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. It's just, yeah. He's yeah. got it. We think he, that he, Tony <laughs> gets a bad rap. Um, Especially because of the background on the lead up to their wedding and some of the things that he said in that process that people really didn't like. But I kind of feel like he and McKelty are really into trolling the audience, or at least they used to be. I don't know if they are now. I think now they're... They kind of still do on Patreon. Looking for a paycheck. A little bit here and there. (laughs) Yeah. No, he doesn't have a a great... um, Relationship First of all, I am so impressed with your sister wife's knowledge. <laughs> Me too. Like, you know what he's doing on Patreon. We're in there. Oh, man. Yeah. They Well, they just did an interview with Aspen a couple months ago. Well, that was a while so, ago. That was now. a while ago. That was like when it first started. Their Patreon. But, yeah. Yeah, their Patreon. Um, um, no, he's playing chess on TikTok. He always invites me to watch his streams. It's great. <laughs> not personally. Oh, not personally. I mean, like, the, he oh, invites the page. Like a, no, like, I'm not BFF. Oh, because, like, I really want Mary to ask, like, when she does her streams, I want her to say, like, Allison's on. Oh, you can't say anything uh, when yeah, she is streaming. She will block you. Strict rules. She blocks everyone. On Mary's Instagram. Oh, Have really? you heard this? It's a no. Tell you got oh You got to create a burner just in case you accidentally get blocked. <laughs> she blocks people by the hundreds. <laughs> just down the list. I don't know if she has been lately as much because then she's been opening up. It used she used to have these rules <laughs> where you weren't allowed to ask questions about the show. You weren't allowed to. There was a bunch of different things that you weren't allowed to do as part of her stream. And then if you did oh. those things, you would immediately get banned. But now sh- I think they're realizing they had Jen on for the talk back episode. And now they're realizing with Friday with friends, if we talk about the show, it's kind of like a little talk back segment. So they're kind of dipping a toe in that. And that's kind of what Friday with friends is turning into where they're willing to talk about stuff from the show a little bit. We more. need more talk backs. We need way more talk backs. It's way better than the whole show. I think I personally. feel like that was a mini pitch to see how the first couple of episodes went and if they could pull a viewership <laughs> and then maybe we'll get that. Because oh. it was weird to do yeah. the, to bookend the season to do like, here's the first week, here's the last week. So I don't know if they did right. the first one and then they just didn't air that because they didn't have a time slot for it or whatever. So they were just sitting on that content. And then when they got to the end of the season, they, they were, were like, back oh, okay. to back. That's why Robin looks that so was miserable. It. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know if Cody even changed his shirt or anything. Yeah. It was just, it could have been the same afternoon. <laughs> I, I did a video 
or we did it. It was one that we did together. I did a video where I was critiquing Robin's treatment of Mary and she misinterpreted it. Mm. And then Mary posted on Instagram, like this psychologist, you know, thinks I can't, but she was not happy with me. Well, that's um, not a surprise. I, I can't remember <laughs> now you, now I, you know, she's not happy with a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, so I wrote her like a, an apology and I was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to, and it, but she forgave me. So I didn't get blocked, but I was, I think I was on the chopping block. <laughs> For, for something, but I was trying to defend her in the clip, but she, I think, misinterpreted it. Yeah. Oh, man. Well. We have a lot of things to apologize to Mary for then, if that's the case, <laughs> but she hasn't sent us any messages. She did. We, <laughs> we, uh, she, we paid for a cameo. She sent us a cameo. She did take our money and make us a cameo. Nobody so. else from the family would, but she did. <laughs> wait, what is Wait, wait, do tell. What is this? Oh, cameo. So, I'm new to your wait, podcast. You know what, wait, you know what cameo is, right? No. Okay. Cameo's like, um, it's a, it's, it's like a, a platform for like B and C list and lower celebrities, celebrities. celebrities. <laughs> mostly people from reality TV who want to make a little extra money by making you a little personal video that you pay them for. So you like submit a request, you meet their requirements for payment and then they can either confirm or deny your request and then they'll make you a video and send it to you. Who was, who was, uh, who was the disgraced guy who was just doing these two? Oh my gosh. I can't remember in politics. Uh, Oh, oh George Santos. George Santos. He got George Santos really was fast. just doing a bunch of them because he got he got the boot, and then uh, yeah, he was blowing he made like up a couple cameo. hundred thousand dollars on cameo. Pretty like, quick. Really he fast. knows That's how to quick. do it. He lied. Does he tell? He's the one that doesn't tell the truth, though, right? <laughs> oh, oh, you should see the cameos. They're they're ridiculous. Wait, hold on. What did you ask Mary to do? Did oh. you say this is like? We, did she know who you were? I think she did, but we we asked for New Year's advice because we learned we had to be very um, non-controversial in the things that we asked her to speak about. And not show-related because we were abiding by the Friday with Friends rules, rules. even though it wasn't Friday with Friends. This was a cameo. This was a service we were paying for, but we still wanted to, you know, don't rock the boat. And she recommended us. A book to purchase. I think it's like a workbook that I guess this is how she's gone through her personal growth over the past few years. It has to do with all those like seminars and things she pays to attend. And I can't remember for life she the had, woman who wrote the book. Oh, yeah. It was Danelle one of her, Danelle, I one of her, remember. One of her uh, go-to recommendations there for a while. And then it was the, the <laughs> book of uh, – oh, and it was then journaling uh, affirmation type stuff. Yeah. It, it was some book on that. Um <laughs> She talked about it quite a bit. It was like a minute long, uh, but we got oh denied gosh. from everyone else on the cast. Yeah, um, well, we I think we did an official request from for Christine and Janelle, which they were like, "Oh, it can't be because it's sister, sister wife, wife stuff." And then I think we got really ridiculous with the Cody request, where we were asking to be <laughs> knighted um, <laughs> as Corey and Carly, like what he did at the the wedding ceremonies and stuff like that. That's so funny. And he said no. So. He said hard pass. <laughs> And a peace sign. That's what he wrote. Yeah, that was it. So he took a screenshot of that. Oh my gosh! Well, that sounds like him. It it doesn't sound like his rapper. That sounds so fun that you did it, though. It's a cool idea. We tried. You gotta shoot your shot. Yeah, yeah. You gotta shoot your shot. Where do where does Mary poster rules? Like how are how are the the normal people to know? You have to listen through the the beginning of every Friday with friends where. They giggle. She starts talking to people who are leaving comments that you can't read. Then she'll say intermittently things that you cannot do. And then sometimes you don't even have to do those things and you just get blocked. So the rules are subjective. They're, yeah, it sounds and, and a little flexible. A little bit. So, okay, can I ask, you guys seem like the sister wives experts, and I'm so excited to talk to you guys right now. <laughs> Why does everyone not like Mary? Because I've seen mm. all of them, and I do not understand okay. the vitriol. Like, yeah. she is hated by everybody. Why? That's So that's a great question, and we actually think that that's a fascinating thing about the family because she is ostracized even within the family, like even pre-Catfish. Um, right. And I don't know if it's a rewriting of history or there was a lot that they didn't talk about at first, but my personal opinion is that Mary's personality does not work well within the family that they were trying to build. 
I think that she had a more dominant personality, that she was more able to speak her mind, to confront people, which I think really did not go well, especially with Janelle, who we know claims to be like easygoing, but I think she's more uh, avoidant of any type of conflict. And I feel like, especially within the family, that's how she rubbed people the wrong way. Within the sister wives community, I I really think it's because they played so many clips about the catfishing. I think people people got burned <laughs> out on the catfishing storyline, and that did not help her case at all. And then we went into a stretch of time where Mary was aware that Cody didn't want a relationship with her, but then she was unrelenting and unwavering in the fact that she's staying here. She's a part of this family. She's not leaving. She's not going anywhere. Then once Christine left, then Mary was like, Oh yeah, I guess leaving is an option. And Cody's not coming around. This is done deal. So it took her a very long time to reach that conclusion. And then she wanted to be met with the same fanfare that Christine received for leaving. And it was like, yeah, but Mary, we would have cheered for you in that way if you'd been the first to leave, but it was painful to watch this drag on for so long. So I think there, she kind of lost people along the way. It became pathetic where it was sad. Yeah. It was just (laughs) sad to watch and painful to watch too. It's uncomfortable. Uh, And it's hard to get through that, but to, to then, turn to the fandom and say, why don't you cheer me on the way that you've cheered Christine on? And it's like, well, there's a reason it's because that kind of came from a place of this needs to happen. And this is what's going to happen. I think, I think she's also, at least for me, she's the hardest to read. You have, you know, you have like a Christine's really easy to read, you know, like every emotion she has, I think Janelle, fancies herself as somebody who is super stoic, but I think Janelle, at least for me, feels like pretty transparent in what she wants. Whereas I think with Mary, her, you can see that she's in pain, but she's not good at articulating that. And you can see that she's angry and she's not good at articulating that. And you can see that she's sad and she's not good at articulating. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's, she's sort of, she's like this, she doesn't want to show much vulnerability. And it, simultaneously, she's someone that makes you sad when you watch her because you know what she's going through. And so I think the lack of transparency uh, makes her tough. It makes her hard to relate to, you know, I think she is one of the most fascinating people on the show in terms of like watching her and watching her. I don't know if we want to totally call it growth, but <laughs> watching her throughout the years um, has been very, very interesting. And there's not as much conversation about her or around her as there is Cody, Robin, and even, you know, more recently Christine with her leaving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I think, yeah, I, I think she's, I think she's, I can imagine for TLC, she's hard to make fun to watch. You know what I mean? Like you can, you, you just put Cody next to a puddle and it's tops off and he's going to roll around and talk about his six pack. He's very easy to make entertaining. Whereas I think Mary and as Mary's not, and as a consequence, she, I think they, it's hard to edit her in a way that it's you, flattering. It's flattering. Yeah. And so it's always just like this kind of crappy, another shitty things happening to Mary and she's not acknowledging that it's shitty. You she's know what I mean? Gotten a little better with like making self deprecating jokes, which yes. did lighten up. She, yeah. We had a, we had a, <laughs> what we refer to as the Marisance this season. <laughs> And we did enjoy the Marisons because for a, there was a good stretch there where she's like, stand by your man. Everybody's telling me to leave Cody, but nope, I'm not gonna. And that was her angle. That was the storyline was that I'm sticking with Cody no matter what. And then it was like, dude, but maybe, maybe try, you know, come to the realization here that there are other options and then she did finally realize this season, but it took a good while to get there, to land mm-hmm. that plane. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. been saying some funny things like about the turkeys, which I listened the to your turkey. episode about turkey, the turkeys today, which was, <laughs> th- that was hilarious. Yeah. I think that that's, 
<laughs> yeah, that's funny. It's a good. That's a. It's the Mary Sons. Yeah. So it has. It has evolved. But I think like we've had it where we watch them and we go like, oh, I didn't know Mary had a sense of humor. Yeah. Because like you just don't see it for so many seasons. It's just. She's just so sad. Yeah. I think you. Yeah. I, I think both of all of you guys are right. So who is your favorite character? Or who do you identify with the most Ooh. on the show? The hard one. Mm. Um, I feel like I like Janelle. Um, mm-hmm. I like kind of like the no bullshit aspect of her personality. Um, she was also the first one to kind of call, hey, this paperwork shuffle between Cody and Robin and Mary, I think this is going to potentially change things in this family, which uh, – you know, Cody was like, oh, no, 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 no. As, as long as Mary and Robin keep acting the same, then nothing will change. Again, no accountability from his perspective of mm-hmm, even, mm-hmm. even putting that out there, that as long as I continue to, to act, you know, correctly, then things will be smooth sailing from here on out. What, do you, what would you say? I th- I think the person that I relate to the most on this entire show is probably Gabriel. <laughs> and, the fact, oh, yeah. and the fact that he's so sad. <laughs> it's sad. We're now. going back oh, to the trauma. Well, this <laughs> is sad. Yeah, this is sad. But I think uh, that's. I will. We're about to jump into uh, on our rewatch. We're about to start season thirteen. So mm-hmm. this is going to be like the the move to Flagstaff and and that pitch and everything. I don't think I will ever get over the raw deal that they left Gabriel with as part of this, where they were in this huge family where if you want to go to college, you have to get your scholarships because we can't pay for everybody to go to school. So you guys, you got to make sure that you're doing everything that you need to do to make that a possibility. He got into, he was the in on his wrestling team. He was basically scholarship bound. He was all set up in high school. And then a year before graduation, they go, Oh, we, we we're going to pick up a move to Flagstaff. So all of your seniority, all of the stuff that you built up this entire life that you have going for you in Vegas, we're just going to hit the reset button on it real quick, right before your senior year and picked him up, <sighs> dropped him off there. And, left him with, okay, what the hell do I do now? So he started taking community college courses where he was getting credit. And he was, I think he graduated from high school early with like an associate's degree too, or something like that. So it was just like school. He just poured himself into school. Which Cody knew nothing about. Cody knew nothing about until like the week before he was going to graduate. And he's like, yeah, that's what I've been doing all summer. So I don't don't (sighs) know what to tell you. But like uh, I don't know, why just they move the sheer disconnect. There's a bunch a of theories question. around the move too, but just having that much, just that level of like a a straight disconnect of everything that's been going on, and then we're only seeing more of it now with the COVID rules and and all of the separation that's come from that too. But oh my gosh, why did they move to Flagstaff? There's been the biggest theory theories. that people have is it was because um, Dayton was going to college and that Robin didn't want to leave him and he wanted to go to or he got into this school in Flagstaff that had a lot of you know extra help for him and that it was you know something that I think Cody already wanted to move but this was the thing that kind of propelled it forward and then also helped them to pick a location ultimately we we thought it was going to be St. George in Utah because that's where yeah. Robin has a lot of family. They wanted to go back to Utah. But then, as we'll see in season 13, it was polygamy was still a felony there. So it was the timing didn't line up based on Cody's interpretation. But, you know, the housing market in Vegas was high, 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 as high as it's ever going to get. About to decline. The arrow's never going to go above this level ever, ever, ever. So we need to sell these houses <laughs> right this second. <laughs> Right now and get out, even though they've like doubled and tripled in value since they got out. Yeah. But you know, who's to say? Who's to say? So sad for Gabriel. Oh, I didn't. I didn't realize that. I feel like I missed that. I need to go. We need to do a rewatch. Oof. Yeah, there's a lot to watch. Who's your? Who's your? Who do you resonate? Who resonates most with you? 
I I think Janelle it used to be Christine, but um, I think I think I resonate most with Janelle. And you know how people do, like, who are you on Sex in the City? <laughs> I think I would be Janelle. She is not Janelle. Slash Christine. <laughs> you were a hundred percent Christine. <laughs> no part of you is Janelle. She aspires but I, to but be. But I like Janelle. Asp- <laughs> yes, she aspires to be Janelle. She I'm, is not Janelle. I'm most like Christine, but I like Janelle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I feel. I feel. Yeah. I, feel, I think I'm. I mean, I think the answer is Cody. <laughs> I mean, I know not that I think Cody's a great guy, but I think the I can relate to the um, getting grossed out by this. <laughs> Everyone I mean, just let's, yeah, let's, start oh, six, oh. let's just start with the six pack abs. And I'm in the, love with your, the pecs. your pecs and your six yeah. pack. But I okay. Let me say it this way: I can I I can relate to the fantasy of having the six pack abs in the pecs. <laughs> I would like – I can imagine um, liking having, you know, four women, all of whom tell me I have nice pecs and a six-pack abs. <laughs> I can relate to the – you know, I, 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 I do think – maybe not in the last couple of seasons, but I think if you go back to like in season 13 or even season six or season one, any of those – like in, whenever I watch like intermittent episodes, I think he's super cringy and an absolute goofball. But I do feel like I think he's well intended. I think his impact's a nightmare. I think he's super selfish. I think he has no awareness of the of how he's you know affecting the people around him. But I think he's well intended, and he's just a guy that like loves attention and wants the spotlight. And like I can relate to the desire to be you know, this person that everybody in my family adores, Uh, you know, I I don't, I hope I don't show up like Cody, but I can, (laughs) you know, there's that quality. I feel like the, the disconnect that happens with Cody specifically is where he wants the adoration. He wants the respect. He wants the attention, but he doesn't want any of the responsibility that goes along with that. He just wants the good stuff. Just the good yes. stuff, nothing, nothing else. I don't want to put anything into this. I don't want to work on any of this. I just want to get things out of it that I want when I want them, which that, again, ties yeah. back to just an emotional immaturity <laughs> level of that's, you know, a toddler-esque way. Uh, esque, I remember I said ask. I'm not making an accusation. <laughs> yeah. A toddler-esque way of navigating the world as an adult. Well, I think that like, I think that's where it becomes clinically significant, right? <laughs> a lot of there's a lot of people that, um, you know, I, like I think a lot of people would like to be the center of attention and would like their family to adore them and would like all these things, but he has deluded himself into thinking that what he brings to the table is so significant and so important and so valuable that these the family is lucky to have him and they should be loyal and show him a lot of deference and respect. Right. I don't, I don't think he's thinking, Oh, I'm going to be lazy and not, you know, take care of my daughter or, or attend to my son. He's thinking, I see how much I'm doing and how great I am. All that. And I have a six packs, a six pack abs and nice chest. Right. Like that's that. I think that's the lens that he views the Chanel's world. Chanel's apparently really into it. He has is, never I showed you, us the six pack abs. We, well, we, he, you know, has. we don't know. In the pond. In, in the, the pond? Against, in the pond. That was a couple yeah. years ago, man. That was, was pre COVID. Can we trust pre COVID footage? Pre COVID. Yeah. I mean, can I, you've watched more of it than I have, but I felt like every episode up, up until maybe season 17, I thought Janelle always said, you know, I don't need, I'm not interested in sex with Cody. Like, I, I'm okay with that part of my life being shut off. And then, now season eighteen, and she is, None you know, a issue. lady in the, a, a, a freak in the sheets, right? Like it's, I feel like it, 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 there's a big trans. Hasn't there been a a sort of uh, uh, sexual awakening for oh, Janelle, at oh, least as yeah. far as how the edit is made? Uh, yes, in Cody's perception. In, well, yeah. Also, I think part of it's a rewriting of history on Cody's part. It's a big part um, of it. There is actually an episode in an earlier season where they talk a bunch about the awkwardness of their relationship together. And even like getting a peck in the driveway is kind of uncomfortable for them. So it's weird to have gone from that to now this yeah. version of like, 
she's sex crazed and all she wants me for is my body are two very different people. Yeah, they used to yeah. they used to play by pretty women roles. There was no kissing allowed and that was kind of how they navigated their lives. So He's teasing. Oh, I mean, it was Before we put a rumor out there. Basically. Yeah. Basically that was what was going on, right? I think it's a good sounds like a good read to me. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if he said to her, well, just as a side note, I would love back to how I can relate to Cody. I would like it if I was like, yeah, Alice and I don't get along, but she's, she's sex crazed. When I drive into the driveway, she's all, she can't, she can't make it through the day without. That is how it is. Yeah. (laughs) That's how Allison. Yeah. That's, that's the part of Janelle that resonates with you, right? That's what you were saying earlier. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. All right, everybody, that's it for part one of the crossover. Make sure you swing on by to the Shrink Wrapped podcast made by the husband and wife from Pop Psych, the YouTube channel, where you can catch part two, where we continue our conversation and get in-depth about therapy, Cody and Robin's relationship, narcissistic collapse, and much more. We'll be back next week kicking off our rewatch of season 13 with episode one. We'll see you then. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.